Hey, everybody. We're back with John and for the final mini-series here. Adam, good morning. Hey, everyone. Good morning or good afternoon, I guess, depending on when you're listening to it. <laughs> yeah. So we're really excited. We hope that you really enjoyed this mini-series. In this final episode, John has prepared something really special for us. So, John, you want to kind of give a sneak peek? Yeah, absolutely. I think today is really exciting. We're going to talk about mental framing. Um, so this is really an exercise I take all new hires through. And so really getting them to think about how they just view everything, right? And understand problems holistically to work through them, but also just understanding that the biggest factor in your success is yourself. And so how do we look at things like that way and really do it? So really excited about it to talk to it today. Hope you guys have enjoyed this mini series. And if you haven't already, please share it in your network, share it on LinkedIn, blogs, anything like that. We'd love to get more people listening to it. And then if you have any questions, ideas, please feel free to reach out to myself and Adam. We love just reaching out and connecting with people. Great. Let's roll the intro and then jump into it. Let's do it. Startup Sales is a podcast about what it's really like to get a business off the ground. We talk with founders, CEOs, and sales VPs from the high-tech market. You'll learn how to build and scale a sales team. You'll also hear about the growth challenges and tough decisions from others who have had both successes and failures. And now, your host of the Startup Sales Podcast, Adam Springer. All right. So, John, where do we start from here? Where, where, do, where should we jump in on this conversation? I guess the only way to do it is just to do it. Maybe just jump right into the deep end. <laughs> I guess that might be <laughs> the easiest way to do it. Really, th this is exciting for me. As I you know, work with early stage companies, I really enjoy also working with early career and early stage you know, reps, right? Or people just coming into it, right? And you have people hit you up like, hey, what are some resources that you found to be successful? And Really, I want to talk people through about just how they frame things, right, mentally and how they do it. So this is really an exercise that, again, I, as I mentioned in the kickoff, that we go through with all the new hires, right, and talk them through. And you try to get a sense of this if you listen back to our recruiting episode, right, and how do we recruit people? How do we hire first couple of people? You want to try to get an understanding of how people view things through their paradigm. Right. And where that's going to come up is when you're early stage starting a company, it's Murphy's Law, right? Whatever can go wrong will. So you need to have Especially people, in startup world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, just anticipate every worst case scenario and then factor it by 3x, right? And then that's what you're going to get, right? You're going to have all these things come up. And you've got to really make sure that you have people that are able to mentally frame those things. I don't want to say correctly, but through a lens that is conducive to problem solving, right? If that makes any sense. Absolutely. I think it's so important because for sales or actually any position in a startup, but sales especially because you, you start to lose steam and you, if you're not in the right frame of mind, it could really be damaging in, in a downward spiral. Yeah. And I feel like at least on this episode, I might get a little bit on a soapbox. So I apologize in advance, but power through this, I promise you, we're going to walk away, I think, with some good, really keen action items that we talk about really with mental framing, right? And as we go through it, and as we talked about this, I believe that there's four really key pillars, at least in my mind, right? When we talk about mental framing. So let's go ahead and jump into it. I think the first one that I always think about is goal setting, right? Now I'm gonna go off maybe a little bit 180 on people here when I talk about this, but you know, you read a lot of books and they're like, you know, 
we've got to have goals, right? Obviously, especially being in sales, right? We call those quotas, right? So you're going to have those. But they always talk about like, make a list of your goals, right? Write them down, put them up on your wall, look at them, make sure that you know them, right? I actually take the exact opposite opinion. Because in my mind, if your goals aren't important enough for you to just remember them cognitively, how important are they to you? Like if one of your goals is to buy a house and you can't remember that you want to buy a house, <laughs> like why in Christ is that a goal, right? Like, and so I take the exact opposite approach. And what I think is incredibly important, which I don't believe many people do, is I feel you should make a list of things that you're willing to sacrifice to meet those goals. And so I don't think the list of goals is incredibly important because if you think about it, your list of goals doesn't help you achieve the goals on that list, right? It's like a grocery list. Don't forget the toast. Don't forget the butter, right? Now, I need those when I go shopping because, damn it, every single time I forget something, right? But that's because you know, <laughs> they're not, not so all important that important to, to me. Right? <laughs> it's not that important to me. You know, my wife, God bless her heart, you know, she's like, I wanted the vegan pizza and I'm like, I got the organic vegetarian and that's different. I'm like, oh, well, shit. You know, I, I don't know. So, you know, I need those grocery lists. But if I think about it, the goals that I want to achieve, I don't, I remember them. Like I know what I want to do. But what happens a lot of times is people just think that they're going to inherently happen. Well, I made a vision board and it didn't come true, right? Or I did this, or I want to take the company to $10 million, right? Or I want to go public. I want to do X, Y, Z. What I really feel people should do, and I do this personally, and I have a notebook that I keep, is make a list. Like, what are you willing to sacrifice to hit those goals? And so when I have new people coming into the sales team, I literally make them put, put a list together. Because if one of your goals is to be the top rep in the company, like that's not going to come without sacrifice. Absolutely. I was actually just thinking about a, a blog post to write. And, and it will probably take about several months before I actually get around to writing it because I'm, I'm a horrible writer. But <laughs> one of the thing I wanted to talk about is, is kind of based off of this, but with, with like a different angle is quotas are bullshit. I, I don't think quotas are good at all. Now, yes, okay, we need to have a number to make financial sense to know where it's profitable for the company and things like that. But just giving somebody a quota saying, here, you need to get, hit $100,000 this quarter. Like, okay, well, that's nice, but that doesn't really help me. Like, uh, it doesn't really push me. So I think the angle I would have taken with it is, well, obviously, knowing what I'm going to sacrifice, I think was is a really good angle. But I was going to write about what are the steps that are necessary to do that? So if this has been a proven plan, then I know that I need to have like 50 people coming through my pipeline to do 50 demos, to continue on with uh, 30 of them, to close 15 of them, and so on. So if I know these numbers, I know where how my pipeline is going to look to be able to achieve that quota. Right. It's all about accountability yeah. right? And, and understanding. And so what I look at is almost every time people write down, I want to, you know, I want to get promoted in six months. A goal of mine is to, you know, be the top rep or be the best closer. However, when I turn it to them and say, all right, now make a list of all those things you've written down that are your goals. Now make a list of the things you're willing to sacrifice. They just have a blank stare. Like they don't know. And what I can tell you is the list of things that you're willing to sacrifice is exponentially more important than the goals that you've written down. Because 
If you're not willing to sacrifice for your goals, your goals will become your sacrifice and you won't hit them. And so on that note, I always tell people don't ever sacrifice or jeopardize your character or your integrity. It's not worth it. However, when I've got reps and a lot of times I have my reps start early, you know, we're on the Pacific coast time zone in the United States and we've got to call people on the East coast. So I have everyone coming at 7 a.m. And we start making calls so we could do the East Coast, so we could be effective with our time. And for a lot of people, that's challenging to do. You know, and they'll come in and, you know, they'll be groggy and they'll be doing this. And I'm like, look, for me, an easy thing that I'm willing to sacrifice is 90 minutes of sleep a day. Like I wake up 90 minutes earlier than I would if I had a quote unquote normal job, right? That would <laughs> have me come into the office at 9 a.m. or et cetera. And so you've got to ask people, like, what are you willing to sacrifice? It could be very simple stuff like, you know what? I'm not going to go hit happy hour with my friends on a Tuesday. I'm not going to do, you know, go out past 8.30, 9 o'clock at night on a Monday through Thursday because I want to be fresh and I want to be ready to go during my, my work week. And so that's where I really push a lot of people early on is like, you've got to come up with stuff that you're willing to sacrifice because greatness has a toll. It costs something like it's never just going to be free. You know, it's, it's never going to happen. So especially young reps, if you're listening to this or even just early started, like especially if you're starting a company, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot. Like you're going to have to sacrifice many, many things. I never recommend, you know, taking shortcuts, sacrificing your, your character or your integrity. Those things will far outlast the company that you've built, right, in many cases. So protect those. But little things where you're like, you know what, I'll sacrifice a little bit of time on Sunday afternoons. I'm going to do some research on my prospects for the next week, or I'm going to build a list of prospects that I can call, you know? And so just getting people in the mindset of like, this isn't a traditional nine to five, especially if you're an early stage founder or you're an early stage rep. Have right? you ever seen anything of the, what they're willing to sacrifice besides time-based sacrifices? <sighs> some of them, they, you know, it's more about making sure they're they're doing extra practice so a lot of them like i'm i'm going to i'm going to spend you know my last 30 minutes of a day practicing a lot of them are a lot of them are around time based of you know what i'm just going to give more effort while i'm here i'm going to make sure that you know i i if i take public transit i'm going to you know not take the train that is the last possible train to get me there on time <laughs> i'll take the second to the last one in case anything happens and a lot of times it's just sacrificing. I think a lot of times, especially, you know, as we work in San Francisco, there's just a lot of stuff to do every single day of the week. And so a lot of them are like, yeah, you know what? I'm just, I'm not going to go socialize, you know, past eight o'clock on, on a work night, you know, so that way I'm, I'm ready to go. I, I'm not hungover or I'm not too tired to come in. Th those are, in, in my mind, some of the easiest things to do, but you know, some people, they, they want to have, so just making sure that they can do that. But really it's about, what are you willing to go through to meet those goals, right? Like, what are you willing to do? And are you willing to come outside your comfort zone? And the next step that I think of with mental framing, and we talked about this, I believe, Adam, on, on one of the other episodes as well, is that you will never rise to the occasion. You only fall to your highest level of preparation. So you should have a mindset of every day you're coming in to prepare and you're coming into practice and you're coming in to get better every single day. And so part of that is you come in and you give your best effort every single day. That's one of the only things that you can really control is your effort and your attitude. So you come in every day to make an impact. And so especially if you're an early rep or you know, you're getting into sales, I've had a lot of people ask me this, like, what's the biggest thing that you can do when you're earlier on in your career? And it's practice. Like it's practice, it's practice, it's practice. Like every day, 
like I look at reps and they're practicing on, on prospects. You know, there's like, oh yeah, uh, you know, I'm just gonna make this call and they stumble through it or they mess it up or, or you know, actually they close it and they're like, oh, this is great. I, I, I can do this. <laughs> it wasn't like, so well, scary as I thought it yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> well, that person was a buyer. You know, they came in and said, I would like to purchase your product, right? Yeah. Which is not always going to be the case. I think this is this is a really important one because if you've got the mindset of like, okay, every day I'm going to learn one new thing, then you come to work and, and you're looking for that opportunity to learn something. So that means you're going to be listening to the other reps to see what they're saying and how they're saying it, or you're you're going to be reading a blog post or, or something to learn. Yeah. And I believe sales is a team sport, right? I don't think it's tennis. You know, I think it's, or golf, I think it's more football or baseball or a team sport that you do together. And so I know a lot of the big thing now is, is, is people working remotely and, you know, more just, you know, kind of work and making their own schedule. And I think those are fine. And I think there's a, there's a place for that, especially as you're more seasoned in your sales career. However, if you're early stage into your sales career or your early stage company and you need to do social proof and you need to test things, I think you're inherently going to have a much longer learning curve if those people aren't all together, right? And I I call it instant calibration, you know, and you have reps where if that person is remote and I can't just hear them organically on calls, you know, and I don't even need to hear the other side of the conversation, I just hear them in the same room. You can go up to that person and just calibrate from there. If they're not working together or you're not together, you miss that because unless you go through and listen through every single call, you're, you're never going to pick it up and then it's not instant. And so really it's a team sport and it's about getting together. And with that is practice, 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 practice. When I was early on in my sales career, one of the first jobs that I had was outside sales doing financial services and life insurance. And I remember we had a script that we had to go by And, you know, there was regulatory things, right, that you had to say that you couldn't say, right? So they were very strict on you had to do this script top to bottom. And I remember I would just be walking around my apartment with it in hand, just reading it out loud, just reading it out loud. And so as you're a rep and you're looking to get better, you've got to prepare and do not kid yourself that sitting at your desk and reading your script or your value props or your product sheets in your head internally, that does not prepare you at all. You need to be able to audibly say things because your inner you sound different, right, on a microphone, right? When I listen back to this podcast, it doesn't sound like me, at least in my own head, <laughs> right? And there's a reason to that. So you've got to practice the way that you play. And so if you're trying to learn a new demo, like read it out loud practice it, walk around, like get up, walk and chew gum at the same time. So that's where I feel a lot of people, especially earlier on, they are nervous by it, right? Or they feel weird, you know, walking around doing that. And so I would always tell reps, like you could always, always find ways to practice. Even when you're just walking from the bus stop to the office, you have your headphones in, just say the script and read it to yourself. They don't know you're not on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I think that takes a lot, but I, I mean, I see what you're saying. Like you could also even put your phone up and hit record in your bathroom and put, talk to yourself in the mirror. You know, the more, I know that for myself, every time I have like a public speaking engagement or a big meeting, something that I need to know what I'm saying, I, I do this, I practice and I practice. And as I'm practicing, I'm visualizing the people that I'm speaking to in front of me. So that way, like, when you get there 
it's it's easy. It's in like you know like the back of your hand and like it's natural because if it doesn't sound if you're not ready and prepared, it doesn't come out naturally. Yeah, and you talk about is you play how you practice. So you can't you know, if you're doing telesales and you're doing outbound telesales and you're and you're practicing your script, you know, and you're and you're not on a phone, you know, you're walking so you've got to play how you do it. And and even when I got into software sales, I remember just sitting at my desk, I'd have my headset on and I would just be demoing our product and reading the script and going through it. And, you know, a coworker would come in and, oh, hey, here are you. And I would just take my headset off. I'm like, hey, Adam, what's up? They're like, oh, God, are you on a call? <laughs> well, no, I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm yeah, just practicing. Yeah, he's just They're a like, prospect. He doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I'm just, just practicing. They're like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, no one's on the phone. And they're like, but you were talking. I'm like, well, yeah, I know. Isn't that what we're going to be doing? <laughs> like, shouldn't we? So just for early stage founders, even just understanding your process, but really just early stage reps and you're getting into sales and you're looking to get better, practice, practice, practice. You will never rise to the occasion. You're going to fall to the highest level of which you prepared. So like practice really hard, make it more challenging. And then by the time you know it, when you get on new calls, like it's just second nature, right? It's not even really all that challenging. Uh, I mean, you're, you're definitely more second nature and, but there's there's nothing like practicing with real clients. I mean, that's that's the fine tuning. Like like what you're saying, I think pro- practicing off screen is really going to get you to like the major tweaks that you need to to get you right there. And then once you actually speak it to real prospects, that's where you could do like the small details and changing just the small bits. Yeah, and that's where especially as we. As I onboard new reps, especially new BDRs, many of them have not done BDR, SDR work before. And so I take them through this mental framing and we talk about preparation, preparation. However, you learn the most by doing. And so reps are a lot of times incredibly nervous. And what I typically do is their third day, I have them on the phone doing qualification calls. And I tell them like, your first hundred calls are going to suck anyway. Yeah. Like We can stay here for three months just practicing your cold call and you would still suck at the first hundred. So let's just go get the first hundred out of the way and we're going to practice. So every day we're practicing, but we're also learning. We're getting out there and saying, okay, like you don't want to, you know, overhype it, if you will, right? You want to get out there and just... Do you generally listen to their first call like uh, while they're live? Absolutely. Yeah. I try to give them as much attention listening with their calls as I possibly can. But yeah, you're absolutely, absolutely. If I've got a big enough team, I'll have mentors on there like, hey, this is Adam's your buddy here. He's going to help you with your first couple of calls. And then I'll listen in. But yeah, especially if it's a small team, absolutely. And then I'll, a lot of times I'll do the first call. I'll show them. Okay, see, right? Exactly what we talked about. This is how you do it. And then you show them like, go ahead. You know, they'll inevitably make a mistake. I'm like, yeah, I told you. Like, you're, you're, <laughs> we're all going to suck. We all suck when we first started. So just get them. Get at, It's all about getting out of your comfort zone. Absolutely. Right? And, and making sure you can do that. And so practice, 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 practice. That That's a big thing. The third point in mental framing that I talk about is your choices will create your challenges or they'll eliminate some challenges. And so I think a lot of people look at big picture choices. You know, what should I do on this call? What should I do on that? But your day is the sum of all these micro choices that you've got to make throughout the day. Right. And the biggest thing that you've got to make a choice on is what you're coming in with your attitude for that day. And so many times have I seen people, they've been in a bad mood or something happened outside of work or hell, something happened at work and it just eroded them. Right. They burnt that entire day. 
And so what I want to talk to these guys about is don't overlook minor choices that you have in your life, right? And a lot of those things, like you've got to be able to put things behind you, like, and be able to move forward. And a lot of these are very micro choices that you have, like, what time are you going to leave for work? What bus or what train are you going to take? And, you know, I'd have reps. I had one rep. The guy was always, you know, I was like, you got to be here by seven. Like, we got to start getting the day started. And without fail, the guy was always like a 658 kind of guy. It was, it was either like 658 or 708. And it's because of the train he was taking into work. <laughs> and he was taking the last possible train every single time. And every time he would come in and he was sweating like a hog. And he's out of breath. And I was like, dude, what is up with you, man? He's like, I, 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 I want to be on time. And I'm like, that's great, man. Like, I, I love the hustle. Have you just considered waking up 15 minutes earlier so you don't have to rush? Like, so you're not winded. And now your cortisone levels are all thrown up because when you get stressed out, your cortisone levels go high. So now you're starting your day off in a panic. Like, why don't you just make a choice and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to get up a little bit earlier so that doesn't ever happen. And so I think a lot of people just, they overlook little choices that tend to have a much bigger ripple effect. Absolutely. I think one of the big ones is what you eat for lunch. But, you know, if I, if I know I have a big meeting coming up or a big demo, then I'm not going to go out and eat a big steak or a heavy meal. I'm going to go eat a salad because because I feel better afterwards. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You've ate a big thing of lasagna, right? And you're like, okay, you know, now I've got to come back in and, and have it. So I think it's, it, it's understanding that you, you've got choices in life, right? And you've got to own them, you know, good or bad, you've got to own them. And there's just a lot of little choices. And, you know, I've all, you know, you, you've got, especially working with younger reps, or especially if you're a founder, right? And you're looking to build a team, you've got to help mentor these people as well. And show them like, man, there are much more important things than going out and having drinks on a Tuesday with your mates. Like there's much better things than that, you know? So it's like, like, so you did, you made a choice to do that. Then you came in late or you didn't come in at all. Right. Or now you're hungover or now you're not as energetic. And so now you didn't have any demos set that day. So now you're behind on your number. And so it's like, it has this ripple effect. So it's just about owning your outcomes and saying like, look, you're going to have choices to make and not, it's impossible for everyone to make quote unquote the right choice. We've got to understand, like, don't put blame on anyone else. Like understand what choices you're making and live up to them and own them and say like, if I want to be successful, go back to step one of making your list of sacrifices. Like if you're, if you're trying to do really well, like you're going to have to sacrifice some things. And so, yeah, I think there's, a lot of times this comes up, at least in my realm of, of sales leadership, is the choices that they make around practicing. Like, and that's where I tell them, like, okay, how many times did you practice yesterday? Um, none. Okay. So you made a choice not to do that. Like you could you could have found the time, right? So you're you're making you're making choices of based around the things that are a priority to you, right? And if being great, if being incredibly good at your chosen discipline is important to you, make the right choices. Don't expect people to make the choices for you. And it's hard sometimes, but you know this is this is what you have to do. You know, nobody comes a, a millionaire overnight. Nobody comes six, like the the industry leader overnight. It all comes from lots of hard work and lots of preparation. Lots of preparation, lots of preparation. And if it was what I always tell people, like if this is easy, everyone would do it, and I would pay you minimum wage. Yeah. <laughs> 
like flat out like this is this is a profession right and so any profession that you're in there's no off season you're working all the time even if you're a professional athlete it's not like you play 16 games and that's it yeah you're working every day against that craft and so really own it especially if you want to be a professional and you want to be really good at that chosen craft like give it your all right and giving it your all is making smart choices right and having those and making them come through and so that leads into the last step that i think about with mental framing is everyone wants to be great so just shut the hell up about it stop talking about it like i swear to god and i have never in my career ever interviewed a candidate that told me you know what man I'm going to be the solid C player that you're looking for. Like, I'm not going to be in top of the curve showing off, but I'm not going to fall behind either. I'm going to be right in that meaty part of the curve, and I'm going to be the solid, most mediocre person you have. <laughs> and you know what? If someone actually did say that to me, I'd probably hire them because at least they're honest about it. You know, always. Oh, I, I want to be the best. I, I want to be your top rep. Like, what are your top reps doing that I could emulate? And you tell them. And then they don't do it. And they don't do any of it. They don't do any of it. <laughs> they they and they complain about the leads aren't good. <laughs> Yeah, or they don't practice. They're the last one in. They don't practice. They, you know, expected to have inbounds. They they expect it to be easy. And you've got to just remember, like, success is never easy. Like, the path to glory goes doesn't go through pleasure town. Like, think of anything great that you felt highly rewarded about in your life. It was usually followed by some type of adversity or some type of pain or some type of anxiousness around it. That's what made it feel good and feel rewarding. And so everyone comes in like, oh, this is hard. Yeah. Yeah. You decided to start a company. Did you think that was going to be easy? Like, boo-hoo. I've had so many people that I've had to let go because because of they're not doing what you're saying here. And, you know, they come in, I'm going to, I'm the best. I'm a really good salesperson. I know what I'm doing, da, da, da. And, but then they, they, they come in late to work. They don't practice. You know, they just think that, oh, okay, I'm good at what I do. So I'm going to just wing it. And then they go and they're unprepared for the meeting. And then they start talking to the person and giving them the demo only to hear the guy on the other line say, we actually went through the demo. This is uh, supposed to be a legal call. <laughs> you know, it's yep. just like, it, yep. yeah, you're done. Yeah. And so that's where every time you, you meet with people, they're like, yeah, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to do this. And I look to lay it out in front of them. So as I you know, interview, talk to candidates, I, I try to push them away almost of like, no, this is really hard. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to practice a lot. You're going to have to you know, sacrifice a lot to come in here and be able to be successful at this. And so that's the biggest thing is every time you interview with candidates or you meet with people, they're going to talk about how they want to be the best, how they want to do it. And so it's just like, just shut up about it. Like it's better to be well done than well said. So don't ever talk about how great you want to be or how bad you want to be great or you know, how you want to be the top person. Put your head down. Do the four other things that we talked about and you just increase your odds of success. Like just, just do that. Like focus on that and focus on, okay, while everyone else is sleeping, you're eating, right? And so you've got to make it. And so you've got to come in and the only real things that you can control are your energy and your attitude. Like that's really it. Everything else for the most part is out of your control. You can't control how many qualified leads are in the database or you can't, you know, control if someone falls through a legal review or you you know, you can't control any of that. And so you've got to just focus on what are in your controls and you've got to come in every single day and make it count. And if something bad happens, how do you respond to it and how do you do it? And so 
just thinking through holistically how you look at everything, your mental fortitude is going to be your biggest driver of success or your own downfall. So you've got to understand like the way that you frame things mentally, your resiliency is a huge, huge, huge driver of your success. Whether you're an early stage founder or you're you know, looking to get into sales or excel in sales, that's the biggest thing is like you've got to sharpen your mind and how you look at things and be resilient because you're working in an environment that's a 90% fail rate. You know, this is an aerospace. <laughs> you know, it's like you're going to fail a lot. Like you're going to fail way more than you ever succeed. Right. So you've got to understand, like, what can you take away from those? So I just think a big component, like as we talk about sales, as we talk about starting a company is understanding that things will go wrong and it's how you address them and how you outwardly express those that will determine whether or not that's going to be successful. Absolutely. Wow. So goal setting, you know, practice, basically uh, make good choices that uh, and, and continue learning and and shut up about being number one. <laughs> Those are the four pillars, right? <laughs> those are the four pillars. Yeah, you know, those are the four things. No one gives a shit. So just stop talking about it. Know what you're willing to give up, right? And think about it. If you know, just put it in real world applications. If you want to buy a house, okay, you need so it's likely financial, right? So you likely need to save some money. And you're not willing to not eat out four days a week. I don't know how important buying a house is to you. Yeah. Or that that three four dollar Starbucks coffee three times a day, yeah. yeah. So it's it's writing on those like you know what I'm gonna limit this. I'm gonna sacrifice this, and so understanding like those sacrifices mean a lot more to your, the long term success and that goal that you want to do. Practice, practice, practice. Be prepared, right? Always be that person prepared going into a meeting. I think it's just really a bad look to go into a meeting like, hey, you know what? So why don't you recap where 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 did we leave this last meeting? Can you tell me? It's just horrible you know, presentation and how you do it. So always be prepared. Your choices are going to create challenges for you or they'll eliminate challenges. There's no like neutral ground here. It's one of the others. So make sure that they eliminate problems for you. So be disciplined, understand what you're looking to do. What's the long-term success. And then just remember like, yeah, it's going to be hard. Like it's going to be hard. So don't talk about wanting to be the best. Doesn't really matter at that point. It matters about what are you willing to do to get there. So be resilient. Things are going to go wrong. Make sure you keep your wits about you and know, think through the whole problem. I think this is a good, good life advice for, for any aspect, not just uh, startup sales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, like not to get on a soapbox here, but I, I think your mental attitude just generally in life is, is going to matter and how you do it. And, and you don't have to always be sunshine and rainbows. Trust me, there are certain times where I'm not happy with certain things, but you know, I'm thinking through like, okay, how do I change where I'm at right now? What's going on? What can we do to change it? Not just sitting there and wallow. Yeah, because there's, there's, this always gets me when people sit there and wallow and and complain about something that already happened. Well, it, it's done. Like you can't change it. But let's turn it around. Let's let's make the best of the situation and move forward from this. Yeah, yeah. And there, I read this article uh, recently about saying you're sorry. And how like, that may be another episode, but even just like, yeah, a lot of times it's like, just move on. Like, you, you don't, if I made a bad mistake, you don't necessarily sorry about it. Like, <laughs> are you sorry the outcome of that it had? So just understanding like, where do you go and understand like, okay, let's move forward. Let, let's create, let's solve this. And then let's move forward. 
Great. Is there anything else that you have? A four and a half pillar? pillar? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was it. I mean, I, I think the biggest driver of your success is, you know, the six inches between your ears. So you've, you've got to look at things. You've got to understand, like, don't blame other people. Like, you can be in scenarios where bad things are around you. You could have a bad boss. You could have a product that has a bug. Or, you know, like, you could have a lot of things that aren't going your way. But control what you can control. And you can control your attitude. You can control your inputs. And so you can control control your attitude that you come in every day with. So just own it. Absolutely. Great. So I think this is going to end our, our mini series here for, for now anyways, until we get called back for another onslaught. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. These were fun. So hopefully people enjoyed these. Like we said it in the beginning, but again, share them if you can, you know, get, get some people listening to it. We would love some comments, some ideas. Hell, if you disagree about with some of these ideas, it's great to hear as well, right? An open dialogue is, you know, I love to hear other people's ideas around things like these as well. And even if, share even with if you're your wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously, if you disagree, you're wrong. Yeah. But, you know, we can put it on there and, and get some stuff. And if you guys have some ideas that you'd like us to talk about, I think you and I would be open to, you know, open up some dialogue around those as well. Great. John, thanks for sharing everything with us. And thanks for being part of this. I uh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate everyone listening. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Bye. Thanks for listening to Startup Sales with Adam Springer. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Contact Adam about speaking engagements or consulting services at adam at startupsales.io. 